this morning, we're going to talk about uh, that good shepherd that we have that's back here. The uh, thing is, is that whenever we look into the scripture and we hear those words where it says that he's a good shepherd, we are, our thought process, I believe our thought process is, is somewhat diluted Okay, because whenever we look and whenever we call someone good, it's not what the scripture is talking about whenever it says that Jesus is the good shepherd. Uh, you know, someone good to us is someone that does something for you or gives something to you, and that's pretty much it. But whenever it talks about Jesus being the good shepherd, the good shepherd here is someone that is noble. Someone that is honorable, someone that is respected, someone that is true. There are a lot of good people that are not true. Whenever we're talking about true, we're not necessarily talking about that they speak the truth, but what it is is that it's true as in it's through and through, right? It is all, it is encompassed, it is every bit of him is good. It's true. Uh, you know, carpenters would know that. Whenever something's true, that means that it's right all the way. It's plumb, right? It's, it's plumb, it's straight up and down, it's true. That's the good that we're talking about here with Jesus being our good shepherd. Uh, there is nothing in him that is not good. So today, you know, in this service, uh, you know, we see and, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to take this. I'm going to take this. No, wait a minute. I need this. I'm going to take this. I'm going to put it on that screen right there. And I'm going to take this. And we're going to go to the Gospel of John. And we're going to look in the 10th verse, or in the 10th chapter of the Gospel of John. We were in the first 11 verses last week. And this week we're going to go from 11 we should go all the way to 30, but I'm not going to make it there. So let's say that we're going to try our best to get to, uh, you know, to verse you know, 18. Okay? So whenever we look at this, uh, you know, Jesus in his proclamation, remember, these are the I am statements of John, but they're not John's statements, they're Jesus' statements, and Jesus is telling us who he is. So the first I am statement that we looked at, uh, you know, was is that Jesus was, uh, you know, this is the third one that we're in. Last week we talked about that he is the good gate, or he is the gate, and in this, in him saying that I am the gate. He is telling us that there is absolutely no way that we can get to heaven except for through him. But it is not telling us that he is the gate to heaven. 
Let's get this right. Yes, he is the gate to heaven, but he's in this passage of Scripture, he's talking about he is the gate to salvation. He's not talking about being the gate to heaven. So we go through him for salvation, and whenever we have salvation through him, then we get to go to heaven. But to get to go to heaven, we have to do what? We have to follow the good shepherd. So whenever the good shepherd leads us, which is where we are this morning, the good shepherd leads us. If we don't go where the good shepherd leads, we're not going to make it to heaven. i got to take this off. It's making noises. I, you know, we're not going to get to heaven uh, you know, because we're not doing what he has called us to do. Just because we enter in through him and we profess this knowledge and we say, yes, I believe that you are the Messiah, I believe that you are the Son of God, then we have to accept him as our shepherd, and our shepherd then begins to lead us. In the scripture, it tells us that we will know the shepherd's voice. How do we know the shepherd's voice? By talking to him and by listening to him. Where do we hear him? We hear him in his scripture, in the word of God. If we do not listen to the word of God, then whenever the shepherd begins to talk to us, we have no clue on who it is. You remember last week the story about the little boy that stood there in front of the sheep's pen and played the four or five note mess, uh, you know, little song, and the sheep begin to their heads begin to pop up, uh, you know. And whenever he started walking away, he had all the sheep that was supposed to be coming along with him because they knew the song, they knew the voice, they knew the shepherd's voice. But I want us to grab a hold of this because it says that the shepherd led them. So whenever the shepherd began to talk, now nobody take my wallet. I'm going to put it over here. So whenever the shepherd began to talk and he began to lead the, you know, the sheep, they had to follow along with what he was and where he was leading, right? And if they didn't follow along with him, then what happens? They eventually begin to wander off and they get lost. But let's see this. Let's look at this because Jesus leads us. We have entered into the gate into salvation and we really like it, right? This is great, man. I have this security. I know that I'm going to go and I'm going to be with him in heaven. And then all of a sudden the shepherd leads us out of the, you know, out of the pen. And we're like, oh, wait a minute. I'm secure in here. Now he's going to take me out into the wilderness where I'm not secure. Wait a minute. I don't know if I'm going to follow him. So we follow him for the first little bit. And the scripture tells us that he takes us to uh, you know, Psalms 23. He takes us to luscious and green pastures. Oh, man, we get to that pasture and we begin to eat. And we're like, man, this is good stuff. Man, I'm just going to stay right here. And all of a sudden, the shepherd leaves. We're like, wait a minute. I'm in the good stuff right here. Why are you leaving? He says, I have something better for you. I have water for you over here. And if all you do is eat the green grass, your stomach's going to swell. And you're going to get sick. 
You need to come over here and get some water so that it'll you continue the process and you'll get to be able to get stronger and stronger and bigger instead of your belly just simply swelling. How many of y'all, do we have any farmers in here that's dealt with cattle? Dealt with cattle, some cattle? Okay, my dad tells me this story. I want you to, I want you to tell me if it's right, okay? Uh, you know, they had the, you know, this, they had the milking cow, you know, they had the cow. Uh, you know, she wasn't giving birth, so, you know, so I don't really, it's kind of hard for me to call her a mama cow because she, she's not pregnant, okay, but she's the female cow. She accidentally got out into the pen that had, uh, you know, that had all the ryegrass that was in it. And she just started eating, and she just started eating, and she just started eating. By the time they found her, she had swollen up. I mean, she was huge. And my dad said that they ran out there and they cut her from one end all the way to right before the other so they could get all that grass out because she was about to explode. And then they had to sew her up. Now, is that right? A cow will do it. A sheep will do it. Eat themselves to death. God brings us into good places, but then he will take us to another place that's even a little bit better so that we add things to our Ebenezer so that, you know, because of all the stuff that he has for us. If all we want to do is lie down in the green luscious grass and eat it, we will eventually sit there and die. If nothing else, we will be separated from the rest of the flock and the wolves will come and devour the ones that are separated because there's no security all by yourself. We have to continue to follow our shepherd and do what he needs for us to do because he has the best thing for us. So the shepherd that we have, we see this and we have to understand that he wants us to follow him. But in this next little bit, we find out what and into the depth that he wants us to follow him. Because he begins in this here, uh, you know, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk you through verses 11 through 18. Because then he begins to talk about his father and how him and his father have this relationship And he says that I don't do anything, I'm paraphrasing it for you, I don't do anything that my father doesn't tell me to do. I don't go anywhere that he doesn't take me. I don't say anything that he doesn't want me to say because I have this intimate relationship with him. And as I am with my father and he is with me, I am with you. You get it? The relationship that God has with his father or that that Jesus has with his father is the exact same relationship that he wants to have with us. He doesn't want us to speak anything, to do anything, to go anywhere that he hasn't directed us to go, say, or do. Because he is our shepherd and because he wants the best thing for us. In this passage of scripture... He gives us the uh, illustration as far as the hired hand. How many of you know who the hired hand is? Come on, speak it out. Who's the hired hand? Huh? I am. Or we are. We are the hired hands. And there's sheep that he has put in our responsibility. 
But a hired hand, he says, a hired hand does what? A hired hand will flee in the moment, in the times of danger. So let's figure this out. Let's think about this. Okay? You're, you're a good shepherd, and you get hired because you're a good shepherd. You're a good shepherd because you don't lose sheep, right? Your sheep continue to flourish. They get healthy. They're healthy. Uh, you know, but yet, let's say that you've got your sheep, and you're out there in the wilderness, and it's late in the evening, and you hear the wolf cry. And you're like, oh, wait a minute. That doesn't sound all that good. And then there's more wolves that you hear. Like, oh, wait a minute. I've got my sheep right here. The best thing and the first thing that you would do is whenever you heard the wolf that was crying, you began to do things to protect your sheep, right? You're a good shepherd. You begin to do things to protect them. But they get closer. And they get closer. And they're right there at your doorstep. What do you do? Oh, here's a lamb. <laughs> it's like, here you go. Here's a lamb. Because I'm headed this way. Because after all, to be a good shepherd, you have to be alive. You're not going to watch any more sheep if you're just devoured by the, by the wolves. The scripture, that's kind of my story, but the scripture tells us that. It says that we're going to flee. But that's why we have the good shepherd. Because the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The good shepherd would be the one that would come in and say, Oh, I see the wolf. Now I'm going to lay down my life so that you can have life. I'm going to allow them to attack me and kill me so that you can get away. So that you can have life. The scripture tells us that he laid down his life. I want you to look through there, okay? Because in, from you know, starting with verse 11 and going through verse 18... Five different times he tells us that he will lay down his life for the flock. Five different times Jesus says that I will give up my life so that you can have life. But then we get this understanding about what it is. See, Jesus says that I freely give up my life. And because I freely give up my life, I can take up my life. No one takes Jesus' life or no one took his life from him. He gave it up. Whenever he died on the cross and it says that he breathed his last breath, he gave up his last breath. It wasn't because of the cross. It wasn't because of the nails in his feet, in his hands. It was because of his love for us that he gave it up. It was not the Roman soldiers that did it. Jesus simply said, I'm done. And he breathed his last. If it wasn't the beating, and it wasn't the nails in his hands, if he was just simply standing there, 
and it was time for him as the good shepherd to give up his life, he would have dropped over dead because he gave it up. But let's think about this because John gives us other I am statements. Jesus says that I am the bread of life, right? He says I am the life, I am the true, I am the resurrection, the life, and the truth. I, and he says that I am the light of the world that gives life and light to everything. The good shepherd. See, he gave up his life freely for us so that we could have life. But see, he is life. So it makes sense that the one that is life, that is the truth, that is the resurrection, that he would live again. <laughs> because of the resurrection, because of the resurrection, we have salvation. If it was not for the resurrection, we would not have salvation. Because of the resurrection, we've been redeemed. Because of the resurrection, we have sanctification. Because of the resurrection, we have what Jesus calls an abundant life. Because of the resurrection, we have life eternal because of the resurrection we have a good shepherd that still leads us to this day that tells us and talks to us and directs our every step our every step because of the resurrection Whew. But see, the thing is, is that this life and this resurrection that, that Jesus provides for us, he provides it because he's the good shepherd. He provides it because he loves us. He provides it because he's God. Incarnate. That was man, that, was, that became man. For us to be that final sacrifice. But it takes obedience. It takes obedience. We have to follow the Good Shepherd. If we're not following the good shepherd, we do not have salvation. If we're not following the shepherd, we do not have eternal life. If we're not following the shepherd, we do not have this abundant life that he's talking about. You know, whenever I got into this, this passage and, and I'm looking at this, I'm like, what is the benefits of the good shepherd for us today. The benefits of the good shepherd that we have today is, is that everything that we just talked about, we have it right here and right now. We have salvation right here and right now. We have been justified. 
from our sins right here and right now. We have this abundant life that Jesus talks about right here and right now. But the most important thing is that we have that eternal life that he talks about right here and right now. Eternity began the moment that we, that we asked Jesus Christ into our Lord and Savior. And it continues living this life of eternity with Jesus Christ as our good shepherd all along the way that we follow him. As we follow him. See, we can't stay where we were. We have to continue to move and continue to walk in the leadership of the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd will not just simply take you to a good pasture and then leave you there because He also leads you to the still waters. He also leads you through the valley of death. The Good Shepherd takes us to the places that we need to go for us to be the sheep that he needs for us to be. It takes that obedience. It takes us trusting Trusting those words in verse 11 that says that I am the good shepherd. And whenever we look at the word good, that, that that is every bit of Jesus. That he is good through and through. And where he, as the good shepherd, wants to lead us is the best place for us to be. Although we don't think so. We had much rather stay in the pen. Where there's rocks and thorny bushes keeping the wolves at bay. Whenever we finally get out of that sheep's pen and we get to the green pastures, we want to stay there. After all, it's the nice green pastures. It's comfortable for us. That would be kind of like this morning. We're in the presence of God Almighty. We felt the moving of His Spirit. We don't want to leave, do we? But he says, I have something even better. It might not feel that way, but I have something better for you. I need you to follow me. But oh my goodness. Whenever he says that I have to lead you through the valley of death. Whenever we get there to that edge and we see all the 
destruction. We see all the, all the problems. You know, for some of us, we're walking along and we're following the shepherd. And we get into some struggles and we get into some rocky places and, and we freak out. We're like, oh my goodness, I'm walking through the valley of death. Oh, I don't know if I'm going to make it to the other side. I'm sorry, my voice is going a little weak for me. But that's, we get there and we're like, oh my goodness, I can't believe. A lot of times we turn back. We're like, I don't want to go through that. I see all the rocks. I don't want to go through there. I'm going to get hurt. I don't want to, I don't want to do that. He takes us through to the other side, and yes, we might have a scar, but tomorrow, whenever we look at that scar, we say, God, thank you for being with me through that rough spot, and we're stronger for the next rough spot. He says, I have a plan in all of this, and who you are today is not who you need to be next year, next week. You've got to follow me. You've got to go through the hard spots. You can't just be in the lovely grass. Oh, man. What about the, the, the nice steel waters? How many of you like to go swimming into the nice, calm steel waters? You like going there? Guess where the danger is? In the nice steel waters. Yeah. Yeah, I, I watched history, the History Channel. I watched them taking this little cruise down through the Amazon, you know, through this little river out here, you know, through this, yeah, the river out here in the Amazon forest. And, I, you know, I heard this little guy that was the guide of it, and he said, you know, whenever the water stopped moving, I knew I should have got the people back into the boat. But by the time I did, it was too late in a hippopotamus had taken a 16-year-old boy to the bottom, to his death. We might think that the nice still waters is the best place for us to be. Mm. Watch out. Watch out. But we continue to follow the good shepherd. We continue to follow him because we trust him. Our trust in Him gets stronger and stronger each time that He takes us to another place. Each time that we go through a struggle, each green pasture that we come to, each nice still water that we come to, we get stronger and stronger because we trust Him. But the only way that we can actually go with Him from place to place is if we follow what this says. We've got to follow this. Because if we're not following this, we don't know the voice of the Good Shepherd. And this falls right into place. And I'm going to kind of close with this. Uh, you know, Peggy was great, and she took me to an LSU baseball game yesterday for my birthday. Had a great time. In the closing in, I think it was in the eighth inning. Georgia had a couple of runners on the base. And their 
dugout gets excited. It's clear as day. One of the players from the dugout, as the pitcher is in the middle of his windup, hollers, Balk! Sounded just like an umpire. Now, if you follow baseball for a pitcher, balking is not good. Satan is doing the same thing. He's over on the sideline, and he is calling out for us to follow him. You've got to know the shepherd's voice. If not, you will be led astray. If I can have Susan to come and play. Because I know, I know Satan. And I know that Satan is on the sidelines. And I know that he is calling out to people here today. He is trying his best to distract them and get them away from the Good Shepherd. This morning, the altar is open. If you're struggling today, the Good Shepherd's standing forward. He is standing right here and he is saying, Listen to my voice. Come to me. If you need encouraging this morning, step out. If you were not following the Good Shepherd this morning, if you have sat down in the green pastures and the Good Shepherd has moved on, trying to lead you and direct you to another place, this morning he says, come to me. Come to me. I have better things for you. You might even be that one that's following the Good Shepherd. And right now in front of you, it looks like a cliff that has a hundred foot drop. And you're like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I don't know if I can go there. Remember, the Good Shepherd is in front of you, not behind you. He's not pushing you to the cliff. He's leading you in the best path to get to where he needs you to be. Are you willing to follow him this morning? Regardless of what it looks like ahead of you. Do you really trust that he is the good shepherd? The true good shepherd. I'm going to stop talking so you can come make your way forward. Let's stand. Remember, you have to go through the gate before you can follow the shepherd. So if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this morning is the opportunity that you have. 
the shepherd is leading. But he only leads the flock that knows his voice. The scripture talks about two flocks. The one flock knows his voice and the others don't. He wants you to come and know his voice this morning. With every head bowed and every eye closed, are there others that needs to come to the altar this morning? Are there others that have stayed where they where it's nice and easy? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for today. God, we thank you for the good shepherd that you have put into our life. God, we thank you for the path that you have taken us on. God, I pray, dear Lord, that we would continue to work on this relationship that we have the intimate relationship that you call us to. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.